It's hard to believe these seedlings I'm looking at will, in due time, produce a bountiful crop that will pour out of my kitchen and overflow my larder. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. One year, when I was in high school and I was just starting to get more interested in plants, I went on an adventure the weekend after school got out to climb the iconic peak of Mount Washington. I loaded up my old external frame pack with all the necessities for a two-night stay in the cozy huts that were nestled among those peaks. Testing my pack in my kitchen, I remember the clanging and creaking of my gear as I marched around assessing fit and weight. Having passed that examination, I was ready. Wearing an old beat-up pair of hiking boots, jean shorts, hiking tee, and my favorite bandana, I set out on the trail. My best friend at the time, Jim, and I made excellent time getting up to the Lakes of the Clouds hut, dropped our packs, and immediately hiked back down to find the rest of our group and offer support to the rather large mix of ages and abilities. As we descended, half jogging, half hiking, back below the tree line, I started noticing dainty green clover-like leaves coming up through the moss and duff at my feet, and I instantly knew this little plant was common yellow wood sorrel, which right now is blooming in a damp forest near you. Common yellow wood sorrel, or Oxalis stricta, is a small, almost unassuming plant in the Oxalidaceae, or wood sorrel, family. Knowing these small plants from my various handbooks on wild foraging, I was instantly excited, for the long hike to the lodge was fueled almost entirely by two liters of water and youthful exuberance with little or no food. Jim and I stopped briefly to grab a trailside nibble to be reminded of how the Oxalidaceae family gets its name. Thanks to the presence of oxalic acid, the green shamrock-looking plants had a pleasantly tart brightness to their tender little leaves, which reminded us both of slightly underripe blueberries. While this didn't add much in the way of calories to our cause, it did provide some gustatory respite from the day's prolonged fast. It should be noted that for the uninitiated, there are a few best practices that one should observe when and if they decide to do a little wild foraging. First of all, I try to always remember that it is a wonderful fortune to travel in an area which has an abundance of wild food available for some careful foraging, and as so, should be treated with utmost respect and care. When foraging, I always take only as much as I need, and I will never take a noticeable amount. Many foragers will follow a rule of thirds. Take no more than one-third for yourself, leave one-third to others, and leave the final third for the wildlife. I also take care to only harvest things that are common and appear to be locally abundant. When it comes to safety, if you're new to foraging, you should always go out with a knowledgeable and careful mentor. Blooming wood sorrel shows a subdued display of five-petaled yellow flowers amid a small cluster of clover-shaped leaves. This description might sound rather familiar as it is native to all of the contiguous United States, with the exception of Utah, California, Nevada, and Oregon. It is also found most of the way across Canada. As for habitats, it seems at home in open forests, fields, gardens, and in the case of my hike in the whites, a fairly open, mossy forest on the shoulders of a mountain. So this weekend, wherever you happen to be adventuring, be it far or near, you are likely not too far from a common wood sorrel. If you need a trailside nibble or a little supplemental burst of flavor sprinkled over a salad, you might keep your eye out. And of course, there is never anything wrong with simply smiling at a plant, saying hello, and trotting along on your path. 
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.